I received an email from a listener recently, a piano teacher in North Carolina. She had purchased a set of my tonal pattern cards and was looking for some ideas and suggestions for how to incorporate them into her teaching this year. So a few years ago, I created sets of rhythm pattern cards and tonal pattern cards based on Edwin Gordon's music learning theory. I had studied this in grad school, and I thought it might be helpful to notate some of these patterns for teachers working with elementary students in lessons or music classes, children's choirs, etc. This question from a listener prompted me to sit down and really think through the importance of building a musical vocabulary, rhythm and tonal, how we learn to read music, and creative ways to engage our students through listening, pattern recognition, matching, imitating, and improvising using a basic set of tonal pattern cards. In this episode, you'll learn about the mental process behind how we read and how we read music, the importance of reading patterns versus individual notes, a five-step sequence for musical skill development, and seven creative ideas for using tonal pattern cards in your teaching on a regular basis. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. I attended an interesting and informative session at NCKP, the National Conference on Keyboard Pedagogy, this summer, taught by Gregory Chase, an independent teacher based in Regina, Saskatchewan. He shared a wonderful quote from a research study on the reading brain in kids by H. Corby. Quote, Human brains weren't designed to read. There is no reading center of the brain, and there are no reading genes. Instead, in order to read, each brain must fashion new circuits between parts originally designed to do other things. To become a fluent reader, the circuit also needs to run lightning fast, nearly automatic. End quote. Isn't that interesting? The brain is constantly building new circuits as we learn. One of the tenets of the music learning theory is that tonal and rhythm patterns are to music what words are to language. Instead of reading individual letters, we group letters together into meaningful words. The same is true in music. Instead of reading individual notes, we group them together into meaningful patterns. Tonality is like syntax in language. In music tonality, we use major and minor, but also Dorian, Phrygian, Lydian, Mixolydian, Aeolian, and Locrian. We also have tonal or harmonic functions, such as tonic, dominant, subdominant, etc. Similar to how we have nouns and adjectives and verbs in language. If you look at any beginning method book or simple folk song, you'll find musical patterns. 
In Western culture and American music more specifically, these beginning patterns are often in major or minor tonality and based on tonic, dominant, and subdominant functions. A tonal pattern should have at least two, but no more than five pitches. So repeated notes don't count. Here are a few examples. Do, mi, so, fa, la, fa, so, fa, re, do, mi, do. Hopefully this gives you a little background on what tonal patterns are and how they function in the music learning process. Let's talk now about some practical strategies for introducing these patterns in your teaching and helping your students develop a versatile musical vocabulary. Here is a helpful five-step sequence. Step one, start orally without notation. You can use the tonal pattern cards for your reference, of course. This is the oral-oral stage of the skill learning sequence in the music learning theory, basically listening and responding. Start with a neutral syllable, just like you do when introducing rhythm patterns. Step two, name patterns, functions, and tonalities. Once students are familiar with the patterns introduced in the first phase, name the patterns, functions, and tonalities using solfege and labels such as tonic or dominant and major or minor. Gordon calls this the verbal association stage of the skill learning sequence. There are two ways to teach solfege. Fixed do, where C is always do and the syllables are always tied to specific pitches. And movable do, where do is the tonic note of whatever major key you're singing or playing in. In movable do, la is the tonic note for minor keys. Movable do lends itself better to understanding tonality and function, so this is preferred in the music learning theory. Step three, establish a tonal context. It's important when starting out to name the key and tonality, for instance, C major, before singing tonal patterns. This helps students develop discrimination skills between major and minor, and it helps them learn about function as well. Establish tonality for students by playing 1-5-1 on the piano or singing the outline of these chords. Once you've practiced this together for a few weeks and students are in the verbal association stage of learning, perform a series of familiar tonal patterns without solfege and without establishing tonality and invite students to name the tonality they hear. Edwin Gordon refers to this as the partial synthesis stage of skill learning. Step four, introduce notation. Once students have experienced the patterns orally for several weeks in familiar and unfamiliar order. Introduce the notation. Again, in familiar order first and then moving to an unfamiliar order. This stage of skill learning is called symbolic association. So here students are learning to read and write notation based on patterns they already know through the oral oral stage. The Gordon Institute for Music Learning notes when symbolic association is properly taught, students are able to bring meaning to the notation rather than trying to take meaning from the notation. The notes on the page sing to them. Step five, 
read and write notation. The final stage in this part of the skill learning sequence is called composite synthesis, where students read and write a series of tonal patterns and identify the tonality. This is the first half of the skill learning sequence, the part that's taught by rote. Gordon calls this discrimination learning. So here you teach your students what to learn and how to learn it. In the second half, inference learning, you teach your students only how to learn and they teach themselves what to learn. If you would like to learn more about the music learning theory and the skill building sequence, I'll include a link to a page on the Gordon Institute website that talks through each stage in more detail. Getting back to this idea of incorporating tonal pattern cards into your teaching, here are seven practical ideas, quick games, and creative activities that I can recommend. Number one is note naming practice. Have your students identify landmark notes and say the direction, interval, and note name. For instance, middle C, up a skip E, up a skip G, down a skip E. This is especially helpful for skipping patterns. Number two, sight reading. Choose one to four tonal pattern cards to create a unique sight reading exercise for a student. This could be a fun group class activity as well. Think about how the patterns fit together in a sequence and make it musical. Number three, composing. Invite your students to arrange a set of tonal pattern cards into a four pattern sequence, basically a four bar phrase. Guide them in making choices about how the patterns fit together and how the sequence or phrase will end. Play or sing this phrase, this series of tonal patterns, and then rearrange the cards or build onto them to create a longer composition. This is a great project for the holiday season, and you can invite your students to write lyrics to go with the tonal patterns as well. Number four, oral skills. Choose two to three similar tonal pattern cards and display these on a music stand or floor or whiteboard. Sing or play just one of the patterns using a neutral syllable and have your students identify which one they heard. For an extra challenge, sing or play two to four patterns and have your students put the cards in the right order. Again, this could work well in a one-to-one -one lesson or in a group class setting. Number five, matching game. Print a duplicate set of tonal pattern cards and set up a game of musical memory. Have your students sing or play the patterns they turn over and make pairs with patterns that are the same. Number six, call and response. Arrange the tonal pattern cards in a musical order moving through a 1-5-1 or 1-4-5-1 progression. Point to each card, sing it with solfege, and have your students echo back. Bonus points if you can recreate a phrase from a new piece and introduce it this way before playing it. And number seven, identify chords. For your older students, scramble the tonal pattern cards and have them identify each pattern by chord type and inversion, and then play them on the piano or their instrument. You could also have them transpose the patterns to a new key 
or transform them from major to minor or minor to major. I hope this is helpful to you as you consider ways to build your students' musical vocabulary and incorporate more tonal patterns into your teaching this year. If you're looking for a practical resource, I'll include links to the tonal and rhythm pattern cards I created and sell on my website. There's a set for older elementary, which is kind of third to fifth grade or so, and then one for younger elementary, which is more kindergarten to second grade. The older elementary set includes two sets of printable tonal pattern cards, one in C major, one in D minor, using tonic, dominant, and subdominant chord tones, notated with quarter notes, half notes, and eighth notes. There are 44 cards in each tonality. And the set also includes four sets of printable rhythm pattern cards in quadruple and triple meters using quarter notes, half notes, eighth notes, sixteenth notes, and quarter rests. There are 32 cards in each of those rhythm pattern sets. So altogether, there are 216 tonal and rhythm pattern cards in the older elementary set. The younger elementary set includes two sets of printable tonal pattern cards in C major and D minor again, using tonic, dominant, and subdominant chord tones, but only notated with quarter notes and half notes. Again, there are 44 cards in each tonality. And it also includes two sets of printable rhythm pattern cards in quadruple and triple meters, using quarter notes, eighth notes, half notes, and quarter rests. And there are 32 cards in each of those sets, so altogether there are 152 tonal and rhythm pattern cards in the younger elementary set. Again, I will include links to those in the show notes so you have access to that. I hope these resources and teaching ideas give you fresh motivation in the coming months and a renewed commitment to helping your students develop their musical vocabularies. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash field notes. You can find me on Instagram at Ashley Danu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time. Thank you.